Right, let me share with you five things that I think God is saying right now. The moment we went into lockdown, I began to pray. And I mean, literally the moment I heard that we were locking down. And instantly I had a vision of the throne of God over a flood. And I knew it was a scripture somewhere. It's Psalm 29 verse 10. And it says this, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. And the picture of the psalm is that you've got a troubled world, but the voice of God changes things drastically and powerfully. And it ends with this sense of the throne of God over a flood of evil and a flood of difficulty. And in the Passion Translation of the Bible, I love the little study notes in the bottom. It says this, it says, the picture of of a, a throne over a flood speaks to the fact that God rules even over the dark flood of evil to bring it to an end. God is ruling over this flood of evil, evil that's not been sent by God. God's going to use it and he's also going to bring it to an end and bring glory out of it. You watch, that's the way our God moves. And we know that for some, this will be a real time of grief. For many, it's a time of anxiety. For everybody, it's an unusual and difficult time. I, I don't think anybody's excluded from that one. Um, but whichever path you're on, God will ultimately turn it around for good because he's a good God. He works all of our difficulties and weaves them into this incredible tapestry that brings about something beautiful. And in the end, you look back and go, God, how did you bring that out of that? And I kind of think God sits in heaven on his throne going, because I'm clever. I I work with all your foibles and difficulties and weaknesses. So I work with the weakness of the whole world to bring about good for my children. So let's pray that that really is what's going to happen. God is enthroned over the flood. And of course, it's speaking of, you know, Noah's flood and the, the, the flood that was filling the earth. And of course, as I walk down the streets and see all the rainbows in the windows, it reminds me every single time God is enthroned over this flood. He's not shocked by it. Uh, not many people knew it was coming, but he it was not surprised. He was already in our tomorrows preparing everything you need, whether that's healing. He's already prepared it for you, whether that's financial help because you lose your job or you're made redundant or you're furloughed and on less money. He is your provider. And this this is a time really for God to show his name to you and prove to you who he is. So trust him. God is in all of this and all that will come out of it if we trust him is this. We will know him even better and even more powerfully. So the first thing God is saying is, I am on the throne. Don't get fearful. I'm your God, not just for good times. I really am your God in the difficult times. The second thing, on the 9th of February, I had a dream. And in the dream, God said this to me. I've not brought you here to fail. I've brought you here to be unveiled. Let me say it again. I've not brought you here to fail. I've brought you here to be unveiled. And I believe in this difficult time, there's something of an unveiling of true spirituality, the true sons of God, our real identity. There's something of a stripping away, isn't it, of all the the false stuff, let's say all the stuff that we rely on. You know, we, 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 we rely on, especially in a country like England, on being safe. You know, we're incredibly, I've traveled the world, I know this, we're an incredibly safe country. Almost whichever level we're at, we're an incredibly prosperous country. But there's a sense of 
all things like that being stripped away, plus entertainment being stripped away, plus the joy of friends being stripped away. We've all been put, as it were, into a wilderness. Think of Jesus going into the wilderness. Was he going there to fail or was it actually to bring about an unveiling of his ministry? Read through Luke 3 and 4. You'll find that the wilderness led to an unveiling of the power of God in him. In this time, I know there are, we, look, we have bad days. Some of us have bad weeks. We have bad moments. There are moments of joy and moments of real tears. I think everybody watching this in different ways will be going through that. It's normal. We're all going through it. There's stages of grief. There's stages of trauma. But as we come through with God, he promises, I'm going to use it to unveil the greatness of who I've called you to be. I've not brought you here to fail. I brought you here to be unveiled. That's true of us as a church, Revived Church. He's brought us to this place to be unveiled for all the purposes of God to be revealed. So don't fear the pruning and the stripping away. Ultimately, it will make us healthier in God. Amen. That's the second thing. It's not about failing. It's about unveiling. Here's the third thing. The prophetic uh, Australian Lana Vorsa said this some months ago, and it kind of coincides with a, with a I think it was a vision or a dream that I had. Um, she said this, uh, God was saying, here I come, ready or not. <laughs> and that was way back in February, I think it was. Here I come, ready or not. And in February, I think it was the day before, I had this vision. I don't think I was asleep. I think it was a vision. of, And it was a line of sailing yachts ready for a race. So they were all lined up. And I felt God say to me, the wind is about to blow on everyone. But it's about the sails of your preparation that are going to uh, signify how far you go and how well you travel. But it was the same thing. Here I come ready or not. There's a wind about to blow. Get yourself ready. And we are in a time, a stage of preparation for a moving of God. It is time to prepare our faith by being in the word, to prepare our intimacy with God like never before, to be with him and to be close to him like never before. Because God's coming in a powerful way. The prophets around the world, we saw it with Sharon Stone when we did Revive United. Can you remember that, leaders and staff? 150 of us gathered and Sharon prophesied. It's the beginning of a new era, not just a new season. And prophets have been saying that around the world. Nobody at that time, I think, was thinking that it was going to come with such a punctuation mark or such a launch pad as what's happened globally. The biggest global event since the Second World War is taking place right now. This season, and if you know my book 500, it's also a 500 marker season. This season is being launched by a massive global event. But God will bring good out of all the bad. That's who he is. Here I come, ready or not. I've written here, we need to be ready in faith in purity, in flexibility, in our mission, because God's coming to do some incredible stuff. But also the fourth thing that I feel God is saying, I don't know if you noticed it, that the staff and leaders that were together at Revive United, which was a prophetic day we held in January. I just wanted Dr. Sharon Stone to prophesy into the life of the church for a day for all of our volunteers, staff, leaders, all the people that do the work in Revive. We were gathered together and we had a day together. And she prophesied about this new era. But did you notice she said, there is a short pause before we launch into something new? And I'm sure she wouldn't have known at that time that something of such a great pause would take place. 
there's a short pause for preparation. I remember being in a staff prayer meeting just before we went on lockdown and I saw a a pit stop, you know, like Formula One pit stop. And then I saw a wagon wheel, not the chocolate sort, the sort you get on those cowboy wagons, right? A wagon wheel being lifted off and a Formula One tire being put on. And I felt God say, you're in a pit stop pause, but in it, I'm going to change your wheels. I'm going to bring something to you that will actually lead you to acceleration. It's actually in pausing that you're going to find a new acceleration. Sometimes we just think we've got to hurry, we've got to hustle, we've got to stay busy because that's how God will accelerate things. But actually sometimes our lives are like spinning tires with no grip. What happens when your tires are spinning? You actually got to slightly slow down and let your tires grip. And some of us live so busy, our lives don't grip the road. We're just in a rush. And this time is God saying, hush stop. Many prophets are saying pause or using the word from the Psalms, selah, which means pause and ponder on it. That's what they think it means at least. Pause and wait because I'm changing something in you and it's going to bring about a new acceleration. And so the short pause was prophesied. But boy, a little bit like they never knew what scriptures from the book of Joel would sum up Acts chapter two when it happened. You know, when the Holy Spirit fell out, uh, fell on them and uh, Peter got up and said, ah, this is that. Well, the short pause, this is that. And he's put us all on pause, many of us. And uh, we're having to seek God for uh, deepening our relationship with him and truly knowing our purpose, because he's brought you here to be unveiled. Don't worry, not to fail, but to unveil you. And the last thing I wanna share today, next week live, I'm gonna share with you five more. But the last thing I wanna share today is, on that day, Revive United in January that we held with Sharon, I prophesied something. I said it was an Isaiah 60 year. Listen to these verses, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises on you. It's a time of the glory of God being revealed. And of course, when I say stuff like that, I'm, I'm typical prophetic person, right? I'm all goosebumps and glory. I love all that stuff. God really moving, God being revealed. The glory of God means the goodness of God made visible. God is so, who is so often hidden, stepping into the front visible side of our lives and going, right, here we go, provision, here we go, miracles, here we go, encounters, and God moves. We love all that kind of thing, but we forget the next verse that says, here's the context for the glory of God arising, right? Verse two of Isaiah 60, see darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises on you. The context for glory is always darkness. The context for glory, you will always find suffering connected into glory somewhere. We love all the, the beautiful scriptures like Isaiah 35 that talks about streams in the desert. And of course, we instantly as good charismatics and Pentecostals go, oh, streams, lovely. But it's streams in the desert. It's, it's streams in the wilderness. God works in deserts and wilderness and darkness 
to bring about his glory. So really, for those of us that are theologically astute, it's not that hard to see that when you prophesy some great move of God or you, you prophesy some touch of God's glory, you know deep down you're also knowing that probably the gateway to that will be a time of darkness and difficulty. I know it's been the same in my life. Every time I've gone to a new level in God, in some way, there's been a suffering, there's been a difficulty, there's been a very tough season that has revealed my inadequacy, my weakness, my, my foibles once again, just reinforced me the knowledge that well, I, I just can't do this. I need God's grace. And that's the season we're in right now. It is absolutely classic that a dark season will lead to God moving in us and revealing something in us. But more than that, it is absolutely classic that a dark and difficult and suffering and shaking season can lead to national moves of God, international touches of God's glory. I'm expecting harvest. I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting God to move in remarkable ways. It's what he does. So when I prophesied glory, I was also prophesying darkness, but out of difficulty will come God's power. You know, if you go back through the church mystics and, and look right back at history of those that really sought to seek God, they all, they all see life as stages, many of their writings, but there's one similarity. Some see life as, you know, five stages, some are seven, some 11, some 12. Um, so they talk about different stages of life and we do go through that as people. Um, but the one thing that's common to all of them is that in between every stage, there is a suffering. There is a, a dark night of the soul, some people call it. There's a difficult contending that brings us to a new place of surrender. Often where we realize once again, actually my only desire in life is to be in love with God and to walk with him. And that's where we're at right now. All of this difficulty, turn it into a love affair with God. And it's remarkable where it could lead us. Next week, I'm going to share with you five more things live and I'm going to pray for you. Um, but if you're watching this broadcast right now and you, if you don't know Jesus at all, maybe you're just viewing and visiting and hunting around for things to do and you've stumbled on this broadcast and you can sense something of God's spirit pulling on your heartstrings, it's really easy to get to know God. You just talk to him just like you would a friend. The, the gospel story is this. The world's a mess, broken by man, sinful, but Jesus came and died for the sins, for the badness and the unholiness of mankind. He took all the punishment so that we could be clothed with holiness and love and forgiveness and approval and acceptance. And all we have to do is, well, realize that I'm a sinful mess and I need a savior. And when we turn to God and say, God, okay, I, be I, I believe that. I don't get all that stuff, but I believe it. Jesus died for my sins. I want to know you today and begin, not a religion, begin a relationship with you today. All you need to do is pray that. Pray it right now, even as you watch this broadcast and talk to God and connect with him. And you'll begin an incredible relationship with him. There's some website details in the notes with this program. If you want to connect with some people to help you find a church wherever you are, uh, and also how to pray and grow in your relationship with God. And contact us, we'll help you too. We would love to do that. As we end the program today, we're going to go to uh, watch 
G Choir singing Agnes Day, which is a beautiful song about the holy presence of God and the holiness of God, recorded uh, at the BBC earlier this year. They did an incredible job. We were so proud of you guys. But I wonder if as we watch this and listen to this, we can't just pray, God, do your work in me. I want to know you so deeply. Let's think of the, the five things I've talked about. What was it? God is enthroned. Okay, God, as we hear holy, 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 let's remember again, God is on the throne. I'm going to stop shaking. Instead, I'm going to get up and I'm going to sit in Christ, hidden in him on that throne. I'm going to hide myself in God. It's, this season is not about failing. It's about unveiling. Whether, whether you go through job difficulties, home difficulties, oh boy, there might be some real things unveiled at home in a time like this, right? But God, bring us to a beautiful place of unveiling where we can grow in our knowledge of you. Bring us to a beautiful place in destiny. God's saying, here I come, ready or not, we're lined up on the starting line and we just need to get our sails ready. Make it a time of preparation. God, help me to do that. It's a short pause season, a pit stop, a sailor to get ready in God's presence. And then out of all of this time, the darkness is going to be a trigger for revival. As we watch this and listen to this, pray, God, move in our city, in our town, in East Yorkshire, in my village, in my location, in my nation, in my government, in the royal family. God, let there be a move of God in the nation. Let's pray together, Revive, wherever you are, let's pray that this would turn into an incredible season of the glory of God very, very soon. God bless you. Love you lots.